So listening is a critical component of selling. And in all the decades that I have been involved in sales and and teaching sales, all the literature I've read is pretty consistent that good salespeople talk 25, maybe 30% of the time. From Ray and Associates Studio, this is Unsuitable, a management and financial services podcast for entrepreneurs, tenured business leaders, and others who are ready to look beyond the suit and tie culture for meaningful, measurable results. I'm Doug Hauser. On this weekly podcast, thought leaders and business professionals break down complicated and mundane topics and give you the tips and insight you actually need to grow as a leader while helping your organization to grow and thrive. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss future episodes. And if you want access to even more information, show notes, and exclusive content, visit our website at www.raycpa.com slash podcast and sign up for updates. Persuading somebody to change their mind about anything or to make a change in some aspect of their life is not an easy task, but it can be done. Brian Ahern has literally written the book on the art of persuasion and influence. It's called Persuasive Selling for Relationship-Driven Insurance Agents. His first book, Influence People, was an Amazon bestseller and was named in the top 100 influence books of all time. Today, Brian is joining us to explain how your ability to master persuasion has a direct impact on your bottom line. Welcome to Unsuitable, Brian. Thanks, Doug. It's great to be back with you. Yeah, I always love having you on. Um, it, it's it's just such a, a pertinent topic, uh, obviously, in today's world. And, and something I think we should all take more time to understand, and, and certainly you have. I mean, you've made this uh, your, your life's work, which I think is just awesome and and fascinating at the same time. So talk a little bit about this concept. I always love hearing this uh, about persuasion that you discuss. Well, persuasion is what we do before we do the thing we're going to do. I, I like to call it setting the stage. It's It's what can we do to mentally, emotionally, physically prepare somebody for what's going to come next in, in our attempt to ethically persuade them. And um, I can give you a real quick, the best persuasion story I have has to do with my wife. When uh, we met the very first day of work, I was going out with someone. Uh, within a few weeks, I was no longer going out with that person, started dating my wife, fell in love. Everything was awesome. Yeah. Until the old girlfriend called. And it really Uh-oh. threw me for a loop. <laughs> and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And, and I was back and forth for months. And when I say months, it was like six months of indecision between these two women. Well, I still worked with, with Jane. And I saw her in the break room one day and asked how she was doing. And she said, fine. And that's when she announced, never again. We're not going out. I'm tired of this indecision. But the problem was I had settled in my heart that she's the one I wanted to be with. In fact, I was thinking I wanted to marry her. So I knew I was going to need to do something big. And I didn't understand persuasion all those decades ago, but I realized I tapped into it because I asked her if I could take her out for dinner on her birthday, and she did agree to that. So on her birthday, I sent a dozen roses to work. She liked that. Showed up at her apartment, dozen roses, bottle of wine. She really liked that. We get ready to leave. We go downstairs, and waiting for us was a silver cloud Rolls Royce and chauffeur. Wow. He drove us to downtown Columbus to a place you're probably familiar with. Uh, it used to be the One Nation restaurant. Oh, sure. Yeah. So we took that glass elevator up over 30 floors, had a romantic dinner looking at the skyline. 
took the glass elevator back down and in the back of the rolls, I popped the question and she said, yes. Wow. And the point of that story is I could have asked her that day in the break room. I could have said, Jane, I'm sorry for the indecision. I love you. Will you marry me? And I'm sure she would have said no. But I persuaded her by putting this romantic atmosphere together, which certainly made it much easier. And that's really what persuasion is. What can we do before we make the persuasive ask that might put somebody in that mental, physical, emotional state that makes them more open to saying yes? Yeah. That's that's so important as as kind of I, I guess, you know, another way to look at that is sort of reading your audience, right? And and mm-hmm. understanding, okay, what what might be important to them or or how do you make it so what you're trying to the point you're trying to get to is is most palatable to them. Yes. I th- think that's and there's application for this all over. You know, when I do training, particularly in the online COVID world that we found ourselves in. You had to do things a little bit different. And so I always make sure I connect with people on LinkedIn. So we get a little back and forth messaging. They see my profile, have them listen to a podcast. Now they are hearing and getting a little familiar with me, get them something like my book in advance. They feel like they have this gift. All of this happens before we start the training, but it builds this momentum so that there's excitement. And then if I do my job well, there's more excitement about what I've shared but but these are things that everybody can do, but most people don't think about. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so so talk a little bit about that, that approach to the, the importance of uh persuasion when it when it comes to selling. I often think of selling, I don't necessarily always use that word. It's you know, having a conversation and you know, getting those comments and those emotions and those things to come out of the the person that I'm talking to. Does that does that play into the the persuasion uh, when it comes to selling? Oh, ab- absolutely. Because I think Brian Tracy said it best. Uh, Brian Tracy, for those who may not be familiar, very well-known sales trainer, authored many books on selling, says that selling is the process of persuading a person, mm. that your product or service is of more value to him or her than the price you're asking. And I think it's a great definition. I, I believe persuasion is the foundation of selling. It's, it's that art of speaking with somebody, getting them to maybe do something that they wouldn't have done otherwise in the absence of your communication. So how we communicate might make all the difference in that prospecting call to where they say, that sounds interesting. Let's, let's actually meet. How I communicate in that first meeting might give me the opportunity to come back and, and do what we might call qualifying. And, and all throughout, you know, then presenting and dealing with objections, negotiating, closing, getting referrals, every one of those requires a yes in that process. So all these little yeses ultimately end up into sales and, and then hopefully referrals. So it's incredibly important that we understand how people think and behave and that we're willing to adjust how we communicate so that we can have that best opportunity to show them that what we're offering is ultimately going to be in their best interest if we've done our qualification well. Yeah, I think that's it's fascinating and so very well said. Talk about that that entire process as you go through, you know, in, initial meeting and discussions, negotiation, all those different things. I mean, I've been a part of so many different conversations like that where a, a salesperson might go into what I call product dump, you know, they come out and just immediately throw up all over the, you know, you with here are all these things that we do, for example. 
Right. And it's just, you know, you've lost them right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk a little bit about that entire sort of dynamic, that timeline and, and process that really makes, you know, cements that that persuasion and that persuasive selling. So I, I generally view the, the sales process as having eight steps. And depending okay. on, on what it is that you're selling, that parts of that process may be condensed. But, but they all need to be looked at and focused on in their own right. So, you know, the goal of prospecting is simply to gain somebody's attention, share enough information that they're open to having that first meeting. And then in that first meeting, obviously, building rapport is incredibly important. How much somebody likes you might not be the deciding factor of making the sale, but it's almost a guarantee that if they don't like you, you're not going any further. So understanding how to build rapport in that first meeting. Now, when we talk about qualifying a prospect, that may be part of the first meeting, depending on how long certain sales cycles are. Mm -hmm. Sometimes sales cycles are literally one meeting. Sometimes they're years. But understanding the the right psychology and how to properly qualify, then getting the opportunity to present. You know, here's what we believe our solution is for for the issue that you're facing that we think could make your life or your business better. And on the heels of, of the presentation, you may move right into dealing with objections and negotiating and closing. But each of those also needs to be focused on in their own right because they require a different mentality and different psychology. If you do get to the point where you do close that sale, then how is it that you gain referrals? And, and Doug, I'm not a fan of you know, closing the sale and saying, well, Doug, since we're doing business now, how about you give me the names and numbers of some people who might want to do business with me? Right. You've not even had an opportunity to see if me and my company are going to live up to the promises that we've made throughout this sales cycle. A much better way is to use psychology and maybe say something like, Doug, I'm sure salespeople have asked you before for referrals at the close, and I'm not going to do that. I want you to have an opportunity to experience us, our product, our service, whatever it is that that we've sold. But what I would like to ask is this favor. If six or nine months from now, you're really happy that you made this decision, would you be open to talking about referrals? Yeah. And I think at that point, almost everybody will, yeah. I mean, if I'm really happy with having made this switch, sure, why wouldn't I? But I do that very specifically to plant the seed. Yeah. So that, so that when I call you in six or nine months and I find out how things are going and you say that you're happy and I can say, Doug, you remember when we had that conversation before, but we set a time next week to talk about referrals. And again, I, I don't want to just ask you right there because I want you to have time to think about it. I want you to give me some quality names that might want to do business. So there's a whole psychology to every one of these steps, very similar to what I just shared. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. I, I love the the psychology and and just frankly that forethought of that that whole process you know you're you're always planting the seed for the the you know the next conversation and and sort of um you know following this path so there there's some real forethought and design that that goes into that that's yeah. that's great stuff it's less intimidating it's less intimidating for that other person they're not on their heels of whoa who I, I don't know who can I give a name and number of yeah, you've really kind of defanged this the situation, I guess, is, is how I look at it. Brian, talk a little bit about your deal model uh, for persuading different personalities, because obviously we we all, you know, experience different kinds of, of folks out there and, and you, you know, you, you have to adapt and, and be able to 
you know, work with all different kinds of uh, personalities and, and approaches. So how do, you, how do you deal with that? Well, the same approach with everybody doesn't work. I mean, you're different than I am and, and we're probably both different than, than our friend Jack. And so somebody approaching us all exactly the same way is probably not going to work. The deal model that I came up with kind of follows a DISC type approach. Uh, we, we take a look and say, you know, is the person that you're working with, are they more task oriented, just really mm-hmm. focused on getting stuff done, or are they really relational? That's usually pretty easy to decipher. And then the other thing to decipher is, are they people who really want to be in control? Or are they those more laid back people who are more focused on their own self-control? They don't have to control situations. There's another demarcation. And with that, then you have four personalities. And I call it deal because it represents driver, expressive, amiable, logical. And I think it's very easy to remember because we deal with people and salespeople hope to close deals. So that's why I came up with that acronym. But, but then we talk about you know, what psychology is going to be most effective with that person who's that driver personality. It's going to be different than dealing with somebody who's an amiable or someone who's a logical And if you can get a handle on that and you're comfortable with the psychology that I teach, then you can be a lot more effective with these different personality types. I think that's great. And and trying to go into a meeting and think of that ahead of time, not that you're going to know. I mean, as you said, you can do some homework in today's world. There's so much information available. You know, you can try to do some homework on that individual, but you have to be willing to try to recognize that those personality differences in that conversation and adapt to that. That's one thing I I can tell you, I learned the hard way (laughs) over time, you know, Uh, it's, it's interesting. Uh, Now talk about this, this other concept you have uh, listening stars. I, I love this one. This is phenomenal. So listening is a critical component of selling. And in all the decades that I have been involved in sales and and teaching sales, all the literature I've read is pretty consistent that good salespeople talk 25, maybe 30% of the time. Now, that might be very different than what some of your listeners have experienced, where they think, you know, the salesperson never let me get a word in edgewise. They, you know, they did the data dump and hope something would stick. But really good salespeople understand that if they ask the right questions, it allows the other person to feel in control of that conversation, which they are. But when they're really listening, then they're going to glean what they need to know, and they're going to know the next questions to ask. And so I've come up with what I call listening stars. And again, this is an easy to remember acronym, the five points of the star. The S means stop. Just stop everything you're doing so you can give 100% of your attention to the person you're communicating with. The T is tone. Focus on tone of voice because that indicates quite often emotional state. The A in STARS is ask for ask clarifying questions. The one time where I think it's, it's okay for people to jump into that conversation is to say, uh, hey, Doug, hang on a second. I'm not sure I understood what you just meant there. And then you have an opportunity to help me clarify that understanding. But it also shows I'm engaged in the conversation. Yeah. And then the R is, as you get towards the end of that conversation, restate in your own words, and if you can tie emotion to it, how somebody feels about the situation and what it is that they're trying to convey. And and hopefully the person says, that's it. That's exactly what I'm saying. But if they don't, then you can say, well, help me understand. I must have missed something. 
and you can circle back and kind of go back through the process. The final letter in STARS, the S stands for scribble, which is just take notes. You know, don't write the next great American novel, you know, bullet point some things so you can come back, ask questions, it'll jar your memory. But I think if, if people really just did those five things, which are all a choice, it's just a choice to stop. It's a choice to focus on tone, et cetera. If they make that choice, they will be much, much better when it comes to listening and they will have a competitive advantage over the, uh, the companies and individuals they compete against because they'll catch so much more information. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, that's uh, that's certainly the the you know the case in, in my experience, particularly when you come to, uh, for example, in, in the world I deal with, and you know, you're dealing with owner managed, closely held businesses. It's very it's they're they're very passionate about what they do, and and take a lot of certainly a lot of pride in that. So you know, you want to let that come out. You know, let let them speak about it let let that come out and you learn you know so much you learn what's important to them and then how you can hopefully best help them uh, achieve their goals so that's yep. I, I love that acronym star listening stars you know when we talk about the persuasion of selling we're not just talking about obviously products uh, necessarily or services but you know I think about the applications of this in, in everyday life you know we have we have a lot of difficult conversations today's world for example let's let's talk about you know vaccines uh, you know the covid vaccine and there's there's a lot of you know certainly misinformation but you know that I'm of the belief the more of us that are vaccinated, the the better we can be as a, a whole society overall. So how do you, you know, how would you approach, you don't have to necessarily tie it to that topic strictly, but how would you approach a, a say, difficult or, or personal topic like that uh, in persuading somebody? I've always found one of the best phrases that you can use is, I think we both want the same thing. Because when we, when we talk about both wanting the same thing, we're, we're really kind of unitizing. We're, we're sharing an identity that we, we want this. And, and I've seen this work really well for some of my clients. Best example I can think of, many years ago, I was in St. Louis, did my two-day workshop. At the end, was strategizing with a, a father, his two sons, and his daughter, who were um, all owners of the insurance agency, and they were looking to move from a suburb into the city. They'd always been in the St. Louis area. They wanted to support the city, but they were getting a lot of pushback from somebody who was part of like the historical preservation mm. society. And it was over what seemed like piddly things, like the height of a fence that was around their parking lot, where the doors were going to be in the building, what street they would face, and just things that, that seemed so minor, but they meant something to each side. Right. And as I was listening to them, I, I said, you know, it, it seems to me that you both want the same thing. She wants that she being the person with the city wants a building that people will be proud of when they're driving by in the city of St. Louis. Yeah. You want a building that your employees will be proud to work at, that your customers will be proud to come to. And I said, I think that's where you need to meet. So the next day they went into their their meeting, and they'd been having conversations for months about this. And one of the sons told me when it got really tense, he pulled that out and he said, I think we want the same thing. You want the building that you'll be proud of. We want the building that we'll be proud of. Can't we find a way to make this work? 
And the lady said, thank you. I've never drawn a line in the sand that I wasn't willing to erase or cross. I appreciate your willingness to work with me. And they got it done. And Doug, what, what, what warms my heart the most was I know for maybe a generation, I mean, it could be 20, 25 years, their grandchildren may end up working in that agency that I had an impact on that. That yeah. what I shared with them was help them persuade this person that we need to make this thing work. That's really cool. That is awesome. Yeah. And I, I think that's, you know, ultimately to start with that, with that end in mind, we both are trying to get to both parties, for example, are trying to get to this, this same goal. We have a, if we have a common goal, so it's, it's just about finding the path to, to get there. So that's, that's a phenomenal approach. I, I love that. I think one other thing that people can do too, though, is just to simply ask, you know, if you were that client, Doug, what, what do you need to look like a rock star coming out of this negotiation? And, and hopefully you'll be honest with me. And then I, if you don't ask me, I could say, could I have a moment to share with you, Doug, what I need? When we find the overlap, we build. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's such a great approach. And it's, it's transparent too. That way you're not, you know, dancing around the, the, the real issue uh, at hand. So. I love that. Well, uh, Brian, before we go, I want want to give you a chance. Uh, where can folks find you? You know, reach out to you via you know, website. I know you've got some books out there, so give us a, give us a plug and where we can get a hold of you. Okay. Well, obviously LinkedIn. So anybody listening to the podcast, please feel free to reach out and connect. If you don't tell me that you heard me on the podcast, I guarantee I'll come back and say, "How'd you find me?" I like to understand why people are reaching out. The uh, other opportunity would be through my website, which is influencepeople.biz. If you go out there, there's tons of free resources. I've been on more than 100 podcasts, if that's your thing. I've got videos. I've been blogging for more than a dozen years every single week. And then there are links to things like my book. So tremendous number of resources out there. That's that's fantastic, and I will say, uh, as a result of the the last time that uh, that Brian was on, which I always love having him on, and we'll certainly do so again. A long lost friend and and professional colleague um, uh, of mine, long lost friend of Brian's and former professional colleague, uh, saw Brian on the episode, and and they've reconnected. So uh, that that's great to see too. So you never know what you're going to find here on on Unsuitable, uh, as well as uh, on Brian's. Uh, uh, website as well. So that just want to throw that out there. And Jack, if you're listening, uh, look forward to seeing you sometime again soon. So Brian, thanks. It's a pleasure as always and and your insights. And to me, the, the way that you make all of this so simple and straightforward yet meaningful is is just fantastic. Thanks for cutting through all of the uh, the noise for us. It was my pleasure. I really appreciate being back on the show, Doug. Thank you. Absolutely. Anytime. And uh, if you want more business tips and insight or to hear previous episodes of Unsuitable, visit our podcast page at www.racecpa.com slash podcast. And while you're there, sign up for exclusive content and show notes. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Be sure to subscribe to Unsuitable on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to us right now, including YouTube. I'm Doug Hauser. Join us next week for another unsuitable interview from an industry professional.
The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance. 